0: Today we have tips for staying connected and growing your local or regional business aviation group in the virtual space. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. Our industry thrives on the person-to-person connections enabled through the use of business aircraft. Of course, we haven't been able to enjoy those experiences quite as much in this COVID year. And that's also made things particularly challenging for local and regional advocacy groups and the work they do to support, nurture, and promote business aviation at the grassroots level. Joining me today to discuss how these groups have adapted to meet those challenges is Jessica Belcher with Exclusive Aircraft Sales. Jessica also works with the Minnesota Business Aviation Association and her local chapter of Women in Aviation International, and is a member of the NBAA Local and Regional Group Committee. Also with us is Marge Rose, who chairs that committee and is the founder of the North Texas Business Aviation Association. Marge is also the founder and president of aviation industry marketing firm MarketLift. Marge, like with so many other aspects of our lives this year, we've transitioned local and regional group meetings to online resources like Google Meet and Zoom to stay connected. What are some of the pros and cons of these platforms?
1: The pros and cons of a local and regional group for having online meetings, I start with continue your connection and being able to interact with your Membership is crucial to keep your, your program going. So, I would say the pro is definitely keeping that connection going with an online meeting platform in today's environment is important. The I guess the only con that I can come up with for you would be possibly some of your membership might be either Zoom fatigued or maybe not as savvy with technology and not interested in participating in that manner. But we
2: haven't really seen that to be too much of an impact.
0: Jessica, your thoughts? i would absolutely
2: agree with what marge was saying on that i think the cons would be minimal you know i I feel like in this current situation we don't have an option but to go online because we can't meet in person like we normally do with our associations so this is something we kind of have to embrace in order to keep those connections and the networking and keep the groups going but uh, you know just like what marge was saying the cons would be that there could be some technological difficulties of people not being sure how to join a zoom or use an online meeting and you know we have younger members who are very well acquainted with a facetime and any sort of social media video tool so it's just something we can kind of bring everyone together if there is any uncertainty and say this is how we'll do this together and rebuild your membership and keep everybody better connected I think some pros of using the online meeting platform is that we have members within the cities who are fairly close together, and by that I mean within an hour of each other, so it would be easier to have everyone come together for a luncheon, but we do have members that are in outlier locations in the state of Minnesota, up in Duluth, and down in Rochester, that a pro of having an online platform is they don't have to make the travel. They don't have to drive the two hours or whatever that might be to join an event. They're able to sign in from the comfort of their home or office, take in that content, get to see the members and enjoy their membership within the association.
0: Is a less formal approach more beneficial in the online environment, Jessica, or should such virtual gatherings be structured much like in-person meetings with a defined agenda, for example?
2: I would say yes, but then also it's important in this time to mix it up. I know Marge had mentioned the Zoom fatigue and the burnout and the fact that, you know, you have one meeting a day, you might have five in a day. And it does get to be a lot, you know, to have this online connection where you're on camera and you see everybody and and it's it's a lot, you know, it's different and it can be a lot. So I think it's important to have an agenda and have a structure your online meetings but also to keep in mind to diversify what you're doing within your association to change it up to have you know a structured presentation perhaps from an oem or from a presenter that's giving a specific topic to your membership but also to consider maybe having a happy hour that it's a little more casual a little more laid back where everyone can just kind of and network and connect with everybody without having so much of a presentation to follow along, but you're able to have a conversation and network with your, your fellow colleagues.
0: Marge, tell me a bit more about the concept of an online happy hour.
1: We've had a couple of happy hours online. We haven't really gotten as many to attend, those as some of the other formal presentations, but I've talked to some of our other uh, team members and they say, you know, by the end of the day, now that we work from home, there's very little transition from work to home because you're right in the same office and, and same home environment. So they might not be as willing to maybe jump on if they have children or, you know, it's time to cook dinner or whatever it might be. What was interesting about our group is we've gotten the best reviews and feedback When we've done meetings that involve interaction, whether it be just a poll, a survey during the speaker's presentation to try and get an idea of what their audience uh, demographics are, or a spotlight from one of the audience that, you know, has a question and being able to to allow them to formally ask that question live versus just texting or, or chatting. So I thought that was interesting that we got that feedback from them.
0: And it sounds like that level of engagement and participation can also go a long way toward combating the dreaded Zoom fatigue that we can all feel after having multiple online meetings in a given day.
1: Right, right. It's a reality. (laughs) It happens.
2: It's all about being creative and trying to think of, you know, if I were on the membership side of this organization, what might I want to do? And we've also kind of taken that same mindset within the Minnesota group and we sent a survey out to our members and said, did you attend our meetings this year? What did you think of them? What topics would you like to see? Just so we're continually getting that feedback from our membership and keeping them engaged and letting them know, like, this is a benefit for them. We want their feedback. and We want their participation. So we've kind of tried to keep that in mind as well, as far as not just putting things out there because we think it's fun or educational, but to keep everyone engaged and to keep that conversation going with the membership.
0: Coming up, we'll have tips for maintaining enthusiasm and excitement among your group when meeting online, and how local and regional groups can leverage social media during this time. But first, a word from NBAA.
1: NBAA Flight Plan listeners, if you value the expertise you get from your weekly podcast, we've got a way for you to get answers from experts live. Our NBAA NewsHour webinars give you access to the best operational, legal, technical, and other guidance for business aviation. Participate today by visiting nbaa.org NewsHour.
0: We're back now with Marge Rose and Jessica Belcher and our discussion about networking with local and regional business aviation groups in the COVID environment. Marge, what advice do you have for groups seeking to maintain member enthusiasm and engagement when meeting online?
1: I think One thing is that don't feel bad about making it just a short meeting, a 30 minute. I mean, I love those personally just to jump on for a 30 minute presentation or if it's just quick tips on something or a special speaker that has a great message.
2: I 100% agree with that. I feel like even though a lot of us may be working from home and our, our nine to five looks a little different, we still have many things going on. So it's much more palatable and, and easier to have a half an hour session that you're going to jump in on and, and pull out the content that you want versus an hour or even longer session. The other thing that we've done within the Minnesota group that I think was well received, and again, this comes from feedback we've gotten on our survey, is we've incentivized our members with door prizes whether that be if you register ahead of time, then you're entered into the drawing or the sponsor that's putting on the presentation will then ask questions at the end and ask a question about something the presenter said and the first person to get the answer right is then sent the prize. So sometimes it's nice to have a little goodie something to incentivize your members to attend as well. I think everybody likes a little freebie here and there.
0: I'd imagine another aspect that perhaps has also evolved a bit for local and regional groups in this environment is their use of social media. Of course, many already used Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other platforms as tools to engage with their memberships. But that engagement is now even more important than it was before.
1: I think they're trying to encourage more of a widespread usage of that. One of the the tips I would offer to other groups is you know relying on just uh, one person in your on your board or on one of your committees to do all the social media is probably not very fair <laughs> you should probably mix it up and and make sure that that everybody participates on social media or at least ask them to do that from a committee or or board of your group so it's just not all coming from one person and that will free them up a little bit so the burden isn't on just one person other than that, I think there are always opportunities also to promote your events, obviously, and, and different meetings and things on the social media platforms. What people do seem to have a little bit more time right now to participate and to check their Facebook and to check their uh, LinkedIn. I know I'm getting a lot more activity personally and, and LinkedIn than I've ever had. So that's an interesting trend.
0: Jessica, have you seen changes in how your groups and others are using social media? So same as with
2: Margin North Texas, Minnesota hasn't added more platforms or more usage toolkit, I guess you would say, of social media platforms. And just to give an example, we use Facebook, we use Instagram, and we use LinkedIn to get our information out and to share things about not only what Minnesota is doing, to share things from the national perspective, from NBAA, and news and things that are coming out from our members. So we use those platforms to get news out there i would say for any expanding that we've done i think within our kind of regrouping and and discussing amongst the local regional groups i've followed more of our colleagues accounts than i had before just because as part of what we do within the committee is to learn from each other see what each other is doing share ideas and to that end we've taken ideas from other groups explicitly from the Central Florida group, a newer group that's formed recently. They had a town hall with Mr. Ed Bolin from NBAA. And we took that idea and used it here in Minnesota. So it's kind of a nice thing that we were able to see that on their social media, bring in that idea to our board and and share that then with our members here. So I would say we haven't really added more social media campaign usage sort of, but we've expanded on it just as far as working amongst our groups to learn more from what our colleagues are doing.
0: What about those times when you may run out of content to post on your social media feeds to keep members engaged?
2: I run into that so frequently just because normal times the Minnesota group would have an event each month and we would capture photos during the event and we would have that content nice and easy. Here are our members at our luncheon. Here's the aircraft we got to see from our sponsor that brought it in and to you know, talk about that sort of thing. So with that piece missing, I do feel like I struggle sometimes with content, which is why it's so important to look at each other and see what we're doing and work together through that.
1: Well, one of the things we focus on at NTBAA and our our biggest early fundraiser a year is is a safety day, with several safety speakers from a variety of groups. So, you know, one that might address the maintenance side of the the industry, flight attendants, or schedulers and dispatchers, as well as the pilot side. So we have a pretty good core of presenters that are always anxious to share information and and uh, set up a program or a Zoom call, if you, if you will. So we went directly into having a, a safety speaker series, similar to several groups that are doing this right now. But I think the resources are out there. A lot of them, if you look through Through the NBAA PDP courses and people that present for the PDP courses are very good resources and are always anxious to provide really current content that they're actually teaching in some of those classes. So that's one good area to look for.
0: Of course, social media can also serve as an introduction to your organization for a potential member. Marge, how might these platforms be utilized to attract new members and grow a local or regional business aviation group in this environment?
1: Well, I think by staying out there, frequent posts and things like that, but, but also there's still those connections. There's still a lot of high schools and colleges that are in session, whether they be going to school from home or even going to classes. So we do focus on, on some of the upcoming business aviation professionals, let's put it that way. And then also sharing and boosting some of those posts to demographics that would fit our new membership profile.
2: Oh, absolutely. And and the keyword that Marge just used there is boosting. And what that means is within Facebook and Instagram specifically, you're able to pay a little money and target those demographics that might not already be following your association or know of your association. A way that's been really helpful with us um, here in Minnesota, not just in 2020, but previous years and in the future, we'll use it too, is to reach applicants for our scholarship program. Something that we've discussed, I feel like every year when we've had the local regional group committee, our annual roundtable, is that we have scholarships and we have opportunities, but we're just not reaching the students to apply for them. So something we found success in is putting a small financial um, amount into our social media, using the specific hashtags, demographics, keywords, and things to reach those students in the schools and, and in the flight programs to reach them with our posts and letting them know we have this scholarship opportunity and we'd like for you to apply for it. So that's something that we found great success in. And again, not just in 2020 with this pandemic and online focused world, but previous years and something we'll likely make use of for years to come
0: as well. Any other advice, Jessica?
2: You know, within the within the committee, some things we talk about over the years that is helpful, regardless of where your group might be, and if you're a new group or a more established one, is having your website presence. I think a lot of us talk about using the software Wild Apricot as a good basis to build our websites and a nice feature of that platform is you not only build your website to share your information on your association, you can create your membership dues there, create events for your members, whether that be to RSVP for a webinar or to sign up for like the annual golf event that we're hoping to have in 2021. We're also able to send out a survey that we referenced earlier to get feedback from our membership. And that's also the way that we conduct our annual election for new officers, new board members. So I think having your website presence is also a huge part of having an association and keeping in touch, sharing information and just having that presence online for your members and new members to learn about what you're doing.
1: I have to agree with Jessica on the uh, wild apricot suggestion. We started using this years ago, and it's really been a lifesaver, so I highly recommend that, and it will help you with your website and surveys and all kinds of things, membership management as well. But I also wanted to mention that I know a lot of regional groups just postponed any activities uh, in 2020 and and figured they just move everything to 2021, which is very understandable. Uh, I can totally relate to that. But I think going into 2021, we might still be online a little bit longer than we might prefer and not having in-person events. So I would encourage everyone to try and research, you know, online options. We spent quite a bit of time at NTBAA deciding to take the, the Zoom challenge, if you will, and, and decided on Zoom to use as our platform because of the cost effectiveness and the flexibility it has for all kinds of uh, different meetings and being able to support what we needed. But every group's a little different. So uh, I would say do your research and definitely feel free to contact myself or I'm sure Jessica would be willing to answer any questions you might have.
0: You can email Marge at mrose at market-lift.com or Jessica at jbelcher at exclusiveaviation.com. NBAA's regional efforts involve work on policies affecting business aviation taxation, airport access and land use, security, aircraft noise and emissions, and other priorities. For more information, visit NBAA's regional group advocacy resource at nbaa.org slash regional. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us in the new year for more episodes of Flight Plan.